So most people don't like to wait on things, and so someone invented a microwave. I mean, some of you may remember what it was like to have popcorn and have to wait for like, what was it, like 20 minutes? I mean, how awful is that? And so like get out a skillet and put oil in it and like put a lid on it and just wait for it to pop. We don't have to do that anymore. Thanks to microwaves, we can just pull a sack out of the pantry and in five minutes, you've got hot buttered popcorn ready to go. For, this, for similar reasons, we have Amazon, you know, delivering stuff in two days, sometimes the next day, like just as a surprise. Isn't that, that, that's cool. We have FedEx. We have all these things to make things go faster, but still with all of those things, there are some things in life that you just can't rush. So if you've ever had like a, a medical test and then you have to wait for the results, there, there's no rushing that. If you have ever put in a job application and you're waiting for a call from, you know, maybe for an interview, maybe to find out if you got the job, there's no, no fast forwarding that. If you've ever had like a really complex relationship problem, you know there's no fast forwarding through that. There's, there, there's conversations you have to have, there's waiting, there's giving people space, there's all kinds of stuff where you, we, we can't rush some of those things. I bet if I had time to sit with each one of you right now, you could tell me something that you're waiting for. There's something that if it would just happen, it would change your life dramatically. And you have this hope, this dream that something is, is going to happen, but you have no idea what the timetable is. You have no idea when it, it might come true or if it will. Proverbs 13 Verse 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. In this series, we're talking about dreams. We're talking about God's dreams, God's purpose for our life. So we might tweak this verse just a little bit to say, dreams delayed make the heart sick. When we know that God has promised something, but it's somewhere out there in the future and we we have no idea how long it's going to be. Sometimes we can get very discouraged. And the question is, what do we do while we're waiting? Waiting oftentimes feels like this vacuum. It feels like this empty space between where I am right now and, and where it is that I want to get to. What this event that I want to have happen. We want the event to happen. We want the thing to come true so it can fill up that vacuum. And when we have an extended wait, there's, there's even greater danger that, that threatens God's dream in our life because the danger is we may just give up. We may just say, I can't, I can't wait anymore. And then we miss whatever it is that God had for us and we miss what it is that he wants to do along the way while we're waiting. So this morning, we want to wrestle with that question. What do we do? What do we fill that vacuum with? And we're going to look again at the life of a young man named Joseph to see how he models for us what to fill that vacuum with and what to do while we're waiting. So if you would take a Bible and turn to Genesis chapter 40, that's where we're going to be this morning. There's a Bible on the seat close to you. It's on page 37. And if you happen to be new with us here this morning at Grace Point, uh, then a very special welcome to you. And let me just give you a really quick recap of where we've been the last couple of weeks so that you know what's happening. We're talking about a young man, when we first started talking about him, he was a teenager, 
a young man named Joseph, who is the favorite son of a man named Jacob, who has 12 sons. So Joseph is the favorite. And that's great for him, because he's getting like a special colored code and all this kind of stuff. But his brothers, as, as siblings as it goes, I mean, siblings often aren't too fond of someone who is a favored son. And so they turn on him. And they want to get rid of him. And so they throw him into a literal pit to leave him to die. But then they realize, oh, we've got an opportunity here to make a little bit of money. So then they drag him out of the pit, sell him as a slave. I guess that's a little bit of an improvement. At least you get to escape with your, your life. And he gets sold as a slave. Last week we saw him in slavery, um, but succeeding at, at the work that he had to do. But then he gets another curveball. And that, that is that he gets accused of, of rape, falsely accused. And then so he's thrown into jail, which ends up being another pit. And that's where we find him today as we pick it up. And, and just as a, well, we'll just pick it up in, in chapter 40. So Joseph is, is in jail. Actually, we'll read verse 23 of the chapter before. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Now, reading on verse chapter 40. Sometime after this, remember that phrase, sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. There's those words again, for some time. The, the chapter starts with some time after this. It, Joseph, if, if we had time to, to map out the chronology of Joseph's life, we would find that it's been 11 years since he was rejected by his brothers, thrown into the pit for the first time. And so he's been some combination of uh, a slave and now in prison for 11 years. That's a long time. So just to get a sense of how long that is, let's look back 11 years to 2008. And the, one of the big things that happened in 2008 was the whole subprime mortgage lending debacle that led to a recession. That probably impacted probably everybody in this room in some way economically. Okay, there was also an election that year so Obama and McCain, that was 11 years ago. So as fast as time passes, we may feel like, ah, that doesn't, man, it feels like yesterday. It feels like not much has happened. So let's go the other direction. Let's talk about 11 years from now. That's 2030. So, so think about whatever it is that you're looking forward to, waiting for. Maybe something came to mind earlier on when I was talking about waiting for something. What if I told you that, Whatever it is that you're waiting for, it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen until 2030. I mean, now it feels like a really long time, doesn't it? I mean, Joseph has been a slave in prison for 11 years, and if I were Joseph, I would be getting pretty tired of waiting by now. Verse 5. One night, both of these men dreamed. So these two guys get thrown into prison with Joseph. One night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. 
So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, you think you've got problems? I had a dream 11 years ago. My brothers threw me into a pit, sold me into slavery, got thrown into prison. Does your Bible say that? You guys are just still reading like, like I'm, I'm reading that. No. So, yeah, my Bible doesn't say that either. That's what I would have said at that point. These guys are like, what are you whining about? You had dreams. Big, big deal. That, that's not what he says at all. What does he say? Do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. See, this is pretty amazing. Think about this. Joseph is saying he's still believing in the God of the dream. He's still trusting the God of the dream, even after 11 years of all this stuff happening to him that he did not deserve at all. He still believes. And he's looking outside of himself to see how he can serve the people around him. This, This is the lesson. This is what how we learn how to fill up the vacuum. While you're waiting, stay certain and serving. Joseph stayed certain, believing that God is still the one who gives dreams and still able to bring them to come to pass. In verse eight, he says, don't interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. See, Joseph is still holding on to the promise, holding on to what God has said. And that's what, he calls us to do in the waiting, in the vacuum. So I'm gonna symbolize that by putting a Bible into this vacuum that we would hold on to our faith, hold on to the promises that God has made. See, that's easy. It's easy to hold on to God's promises when life is clicking, when everything's moving along, when everything's going smoothly, when things are happening rapidly. It's easy to hold on to God's promises. When it becomes difficult, and here's when it really becomes worship, we talk at Grace Point about we, we want to be good at, uh, we want to get great at worshiping, connecting, serving, and sharing. Here's when our worship really becomes powerful is when God doesn't seem to be moving at all, but we're still holding on to the promises that he has made. That's what Joseph models for us. A promise that, that God has really impressed on me the last couple of years, I think it's become a, a life verse for me, is Psalm 138, 8. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. That first phrase is so powerful to me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. So, so this is a good time to clarify what we're talking about when we talk about dreams, okay? So this whole series, we're talking about dreams. Joseph had a dream. These guys had a dream. We're gonna talk about another dream next week. So there's all these dreams. You and I have dreams for our own lives, right? But that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about God fulfilling dreams. God may or may not fulfill our, our dreams for our lives. We're talking about the dreams that God has for our lives, the purpose that he has for our lives. See, I have some dreams for my life. Like I have a dream that like I would love to someday have a, a Mustang convertible. I just think that would be really cool. I mean, that's a dream. I have a dream that the Ravens will go to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's a dream. I don't think God really cares a whole lot about you know, those kind of dreams. God's dreams for me are much bigger, much, much more important than those things. And here's what this verse tells us is the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. When I align my life with what it is that God wants for me, I cannot fail because the Lord is behind me and he will fulfill his purpose for me. It may well take longer than I think it should take. 
It may well take a route that I never would have chosen, but the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Even when it doesn't seem like it's happening, we stay certain, we hold on to his promises. And Joseph models for us, he stayed serving. So in verse six, when Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. And he asked them, why are your faces downcast today? I'm sorry, I think that if I had been in jail unjustly for 11 years, like I would be so mired in self-pity, I would not care what was going on with the people around me. And yet Joseph is tuned in enough to what's happening to these other people to say, man, you look like you're having a rough day. Tell me about that. Maybe I can help. He's serving See, it's, it's interesting, the, the word wait has a couple of different meanings, doesn't it? I mean, wait can mean this vacuum, this emptiness, or it can mean to serve. So when we go to a restaurant, we have someone serve us. Sherry and I had this fun experience a number of years ago where I was working for a company. They wanted to, to do a little something special for us, so they sent us to this really nice restaurant. I mean, like, I was in seminary, like, the, the restaurant was so nice, I had to borrow a coat to go to the restaurant. Like, I didn't have clothes to go to this place. And so we went in, we had our, our little table, and we had our own waiter. So, like, he's standing off to the side, like, like watching. Not, like, staring. Like, that would be weird. But he's, like, just watching. You know, he's waiting. And then when we had something, that we, when we finished our course, he's, like, right on it. He's over there. He's scraping the crumbs, you know, off of the table. I mean, he's waiting until it's time to wait on, on us. And Joseph takes the opportunity while he's waiting for the dream to come true to wait on the people around him. And so these guys tell them his dreams. Verse 9. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, this is your dream's interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me. When it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. He's in a pit again, just as he was in Genesis chapter 37. Joseph believes that this dream is going to come true. See, he, he says, remember me. When, when you get out of here, um, maybe, maybe you can put in a good word for me with somebody who's in authority because I don't deserve to be here. Verse 16, the other dream. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph may have sighed deeply and looked at him and answered and said, this is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. 
In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. Wow, Joseph, really, did you need to go into all that detail? I'm sure this was not what guy number two wanted to hear, and it gets fairly gruesome, but the dreams turn out to come true. Verse 20, on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants, lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Okay, stop reading. Okay, don't read any further. Okay. Okay, the dreams came true. Okay, as Joseph had interpreted them, the dreams came true. I'm thinking if I'm Joseph right now, this is a shot in the arm because I'm thinking, okay, here was another dream. I didn't have to wait this long this time. It came true. So now maybe this is my ticket out. He's, he's probably pretty excited. And then a couple of days go by and he's thinking, well, let's see what happens. Actually, verse 23 the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And I'm wondering how many days went by. First couple of days, he's probably thinking, you know, okay, he's the cupbearer. He probably had to learn some new technology about how to squeeze the grapes. I mean, he's been out of, you know, circulation for a while. So it's just taken him a while to catch up. And then he'll tell Pharaoh. And then weeks go by. And then months go by. And I wonder how long it was before Joseph realized he's, he's not telling Pharaoh, I'm not getting out of here. And we find out how long when we read into the next chapter after two whole years. That's when the next scene happens. That's when Pharaoh has a dream. And that's what we'll talk about next week. After two whole years, two years on top of 11 already. I'm thinking by this time, surely Joseph is like ready to give up. God, this is way too long. What are you doing? And so we'll, we'll just have to leave Joseph there on a, on a cliffhanger. And we'll just have to wonder, maybe, maybe now is his ticket out. Only we really don't have to wonder, do we? I mean, you can go home this afternoon and you can read Genesis chapter 41 and you can find out how the story turns out. And so if you want to do that and spoil next Sunday, you can go ahead and do that. that that's fine. But, but here's the problem. You, you can't read the next chapter in your story. There's, there's no place for you to go to look and find out how long it's going to be before your dream comes true. So we can't find the answer to that, but we do have to answer a question. And that is, what are we going to do while we're waiting? Are we going to get angry? Are we going to shake our fist at God? Say, God, what, what are you doing? Why, how dare you? I mean, how, how, why? Why did you dangle this in front of me and now it's taking so long? Are we going to whine? Are we going to say, I, I, I don't deserve this? Will we give up? Or, while you're waiting, will you stay certain and serving? See, I want to remind you that it's normal to, to wait on things. It doesn't mean necessarily that something is wrong. You know, this time of year, we, we love pumpkins. We love apples. Okay, somebody had to plant that pumpkin. When we plant a seed into the ground, there is no fast forwarding to get to the pumpkin. Okay, you just got to wait for months. Think about apples. I mean, apples take longer than months. You plant that seed. There is no fast forwarding to get 
the apple, you have to wait. And so when God is going to bring a dream, a purpose that he has for your life to fruition, there is no fast forwarding. There is only waiting for him to accomplish his purpose when he says the time is right. I love this quote from author Matthew Lee Anderson. He says, we learn in our waiting to respect God's freedom to remember that God is a person and not an answer or favor dispensing machine. God, forgive me because so many times I view you as a favor dispensing machine. And if I can just figure out the right configuration of coins to put in the slot to get you to do what I want you to do, that's, that's what I'm really hoping for. But he reminds us that he's the one in charge. We, we, he does not serve us and our purposes. We serve him. Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 5. He said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. See, our problem is that our idea of the proper time and God's idea of the proper time often don't line up. And so that's where the humility comes in, to humble ourselves under his mighty hand, under his wisdom, and say, God, whatever timetable you feel this needs to take, that's, I'm going to trust you with that. And what seems like a delay is really his plan all along. So, besides whatever personal promise you are waiting for God to fulfill, in your, your life. Many of us, most of us in this room are waiting for a promise to be fulfilled that is, and we sang about it earlier, when we get to see Jesus, the day that Jesus comes back. First Thessalonians 1 talks about this. You turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So this these verses, this is the story of all of our lives when we come to faith in Christ. We turn to God from idols. It, it may not have been a wooden idol. It may not have been made out of metal. But we all have idols in our minds. We have a, a picture in our minds of what God is like. And he has to turn us from those false pictures to say, this is what the living and true God is really like. And he's revealed himself in Jesus Christ. And so we wait for his son from, from heaven. And while we wait, we stay certain and serving because he is coming to deliver us from the wrath to come. There is a wrath to come that God is waiting for. And we're glad for that. We're glad that the wrath hasn't come yet. He's going to pour out his wrath and his anger against sin and all of the damage that his, it has caused through all the millennia. So that, that is coming, but Jesus delivers us from the wrath. To come. So the future is bright. The future is bright. And what you're waiting for will come to pass if it's in the will of God. If you're here this morning and you don't have that confidence to know that when that day of wrath comes that Jesus has delivered you, then make today your day. Call, call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I, I need your cleansing from my personal sin so that I can be saved from God's wrath against all the sin of all of of history, and then you can wait expectantly for him, and as you wait, to stay certain in serving. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your perfect timing 
in our lives, Lord, many times we, we look back on things and we see why things took longer than we thought they should. Sometimes we don't ever see that. And usually when we're in the middle of waiting, we, we have no understanding and no concept of why, why is this taking so much longer than we think it should. And I'm sh- I have to think that was somewhere in Joseph's mind as he was waiting for 13 long years. Lord, help us to follow his example, to stay certain, to hold on to the truth, the promises that you have made. Help us not to hold tightly to our dreams for our lives, but to hold tightly, to know and hold tightly to what you have said and promised to come to pass. And then, Lord, help us to get outside of ourselves and to look around ourselves to see who needs to be served, who we can wait on while we're waiting for the thing that you uh, are bringing to pass in our lives. Lord, I pray for the person this morning who does not have a confidence and a peace that they have been delivered from the wrath to come. I pray for the person this morning who's not waiting for Jesus to come but is trying to make their own life work and they're tired and they're worn out and they're ready to invite Christ to cleanse them and give them new life. Lord, I pray that you give them the courage to make that decision, to follow him, to trust him, to entrust their lives into his hands. For the person here who's waiting for something to come true, Lord, would you give them the courage to stay certain, to hold on, to cling to promises that you've made, and then to serve the people around them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.